Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 140 of the Beers of Bible podcast. I am Michael. And I am Anthony. And we are happy to be with you for another week of the Beers of Bible podcast. Um, it's the first weekend of football, of college football just happened. College football is back, which yeah. means that fall is on its way, which sadly Gosh. means that winter is on its way too. I hate winter, I, but I can't wait for fall to get here. In my new job, I'm. Uh, climbing around in attics and stuff all the time mm. and it is hot, hot as you know what in That's attics right. here in north georgia so um yeah we're happy to be with you for another week and we're going to get right into our beer reviews this week no no need to uh delay that at all uh anthony why don't you uh intro your beer first Kick because yours looks really good Yep. So uh, I have found, and, and I actually went back and looked, we've done one or I've done one from uh, Boulevard Brewing before I did the Tiki Slam mm-hmm. uh, and it got five Luthers. And uh, I mm-hmm. saw this one conveniently perched at the top of the grocery aisle by itself, no other beers around it. And I was like, oh, I know what that is. Oh, it's cinnamon bun flavored beer. I'm buying that. All that was missing was like the light from heaven yes. shining down on it. Yes. That's amazing. It was so it's called Sticky Bun Alert Cinnamon Bun Ale from Boulevard Brewing. And I love their can because it's like a whole bunch of cartoon drawings. And one of them, let's see if you if I can get it to where you can see it, is like a little cinnamon guy fixing oh, his yeah. hair and talking yeah. on the phone. Might That's be a cinnamon amazing. girl. I don't know. It's That's a girl because she's wearing earrings. Um But the Cinnamon Bun Ale, this is their description on the website. And I'm going to read this because this is amazing. Got a craving for cinnamon buns, but no time to bake. Crack open this can and be instantly transported to your favorite bakery at the heady aromas of cinnamon and vanilla softly fill the air. Each sip is reminiscent of the best tasting part of the bun, the gooey center. Go ahead and spoil yourself with this sweet, boozy treat. All the flavor and aroma of a cinnamon bun minus the sticky fingers. You couldn't get a better description of a beer no, than you, that. No, you could not. Um, while you were talking, I just looked to see if I could find Boulevard at any brewing, at any uh, package stores near me, and there's a few. So I maybe if this is good, I may have to go try to find it. Yes, it looks delicious. I love cinnamon buns. Um, and yeah, this is this. It's nine point five percent ABV. So, Ooh. and it's in a sixteen ounce can. So it's a it's a hoss. Yeah. Nothing says drinking like almost 10% beer on a Monday afternoon. I was about to say, it is Labor Day, so I guess you can get away with it. That's um, right. So well, that's, that's cool. what I've got. I'm what a, do you I'm have? Ex- Just so you know, I'm a very excited for you. Yes. Um, so today I have um, a new brewery to the podcast from the Genesee Brewing Company. They are based in Rochester, New York. 
Mm-hmm. I have the uh, Genesee Cream Ale. Um, uh, the the can is very like simple looking. Like you see that it just kind of looks. Oh wow! Like it's, re- it's really like kind of retro looking. Yeah. Um, the website. There's nothing on the can about the beer except that it's 5.1 ABV, and that this is a pint, so 16 ounces. Um, so the website um says this this beer was introduced in 1960 and the description reads the goal was simple brew a beer that's smooth like a lager and crisp like an ale that's how genesee created a true american original in cream ale this award-winning beer has been the style standard since it was first brewed in 1960 and remains just as smooth and flavorful as it's always been um i was excited about this one because it's also um 16 ounces it was a six pack in the package store i was um I was in today was selling this for $7 nice for the whole pack. So I'm really hoping it's good because if it is, I will have gotten the most bang for my buck. There you go. Um, We're also, me and my wife have recently started budgeting really, really hard. And Mm. so like, I have like a separate like podcast beer allotment. (laughs) So I'm trying not to use it all up in one week. (laughs) So, um, well, let's get to drinking because that's what we do. And we got to crack these things open. So, yes, we do. Here we go. Three, two, one, crack. Oh, it smells like a cinnamon bun. It looks like a cinnamon bun. How does a liquid look like a solid? Like this right here. See that? Oh, my. That is amazing. That looks like the icing of a cinnamon bun. Yes, it does. Fantastic. Look at how clear mine is. Dude, that's awesome. Is it? That is like, like I like, can see uh, your face through the beer. I know. I, I'm, but that's I'm, what a cream uh, ale is supposed to be. It should be. I am uh, hoping this is good because it look. I mean, it looks pretty, pretty stinking good. It, I mean, it, it doesn't have all the, all the stuff going on that yours does. So mine. <laughs> I poured it up just right. So it's like, it's half like half and, and half. Yeah. <laughs> It's the way cinnamon buns are supposed to be, right? That's there. amazing. All you it's, need is a all you need is a cinnamon bun floating on top of that thing, dude. I bet some brewery somewhere in America has like this on tap and serves a cinnamon bun on top of it. Yes, I'm, I'm really intrigued on like how they got or- this. Too. Like an like an orange slice in the glass, like <laughs> slice yes. in the glass. Yes, yes. Like oh man, I, I don't know how how they got this smell. Because it, I mean, it literally, I mean, I guess they just brewed it with cinnamon and vanilla because that's the two main ingredients, I guess, of a cinnamon bun. But that smells and, and, and beer is like also very bready, which that's is true. also cinnamon bun. So, well, we should turn them up and drink them because I'm super excited about this thing right now. I'm anticipating you to give it instant five Luthers, just FYI. All right. Well, we're we're going to see. Well, here we go. Bottoms, Bottoms up. up. Excuse me while I finish this. That good, huh? Man, it is. They are not lying when they said it is a cinnamon bun in beer form. It's even got. All right. So have you ever had a cinnamon bun with raisins in it? Yes. I like cinnamon buns with raisins in them. Mm-hmm. And it's even got a smidge bit of like. A raisin. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's just the combination of vanilla because raisins and vanilla to me kind of taste very similar anyway. Yeah, but it almost has like a raisin, raisiny, cinnamony, sweet goodness icing on top. 
it it's it's five Luthers. It's it's all day. Um, man, this like I feel I feel like I've gotten a good run of beers here because I had the star the strawberry starburst, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. I've had this, which is amazing. I've had a couple of in, in between, but this thing is is spot on. It's exactly what you want it to be. Now, uh, the one caveat that I will give it is is I could see not drinking more than maybe like one of these because it's a little heavy. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, cinnamon buns are heavy. Yeah, you and shouldn't so, be. You shouldn't eat more than one cinnamon bun at a time, anyway. Yeah, and so I mean, it's like it's everything of a that you would want out of a cinnamon bun. You you have one of them, and you're just like, oh my gosh, that was a great treat. I can't wait to have another one tomorrow. Um, but this is five Luthers all day, every day. It's a great tasting beer. It's got great um, consistency and texture for, and that's what I was wondering because it's it's an ale, so an ales tend to be a little bit lighter anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not it's not really heavy, but it's 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 a little heavier than like a normal ale. So I, you know, which uh, again is to be expected with cinnamon buns, but it's not like I a stout or a porter, but it's it's no. kind of in between. Yep, it's it's bordering on almost to a porter as far as consistency is current. Not not quite a stout, but almost to a porter. So it's a little bit thicker than normal, but mm-hmm. still great. Still goes down smooth. And if you're not careful, you could hurt yourself with this thing. Drink it really fast. So well, don't don't do that because that can I'm make not. the next hour so really interesting for everybody. Yes, it will. Five Luthers for Anthony. Well, the cream ale from Genesee is actually surprisingly really good. It's very light and crisp, but it's also got a very creamy flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from that, there's nothing really like wowing about it. It's there's no, there's not really a flavor that sticks out like mm-hmm. cinnamon bun or anything like that. Um, but I will land. Let's see. I mean, it is very, very light. So, like, I could probably drink all six of those, like, in two hours. Nice. Like, that, that's how, like, that's the how light it feels. Um, got a really crisp flavor or really crisp uh, texture, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to give it like four Luthers. Okay. I think that's where I'm going to land on that. It, it, there's nothing that puts it over the top, like with your last couple that have gotten fives, um, the strawberry starburst or the cinnamon bun but i mean it's better than like an average um it's better than like a bud light or a miller light or anything like that so it's pretty good but nothing nothing like super crazy about it but i mean four out of five luthers is still really really good yep does it is it a like you saying it's crispy i would it be good like just chilling on your back porch on a hot day oh yeah yeah, I could definitely see like a post, like either like while you're grilling or like mm-hmm. post yard cut or something like, or just like sitting on the porch, like enjoying the afternoon or whatever. Yeah, I could totally see this being sitting in that realm. A back porch beer. See, this one like mine wouldn't be to me. It wouldn't be a back porch beer, um, but it would be a great dessert beer. I was about. Like, I bet yours would be good, like in the winter time around the fire, like in the fire. Yeah, like, if you had like a fireplace going, just sitting, like. Just enjoying the the watching the fire go. That yes. would be You may have just given me an idea. Well, it's too, too hot. It's too hot for that right now. But anyway. 
In three months, it won't be. I know, right? Uh, so, uh, the cinnamon bun ale getting five Luthers from Anthony and the cream ale getting four Luthers from me this week. And there is our beer review. That was short and sweet, man. Yeah, it was. Like a cinnamon bun. When it when they're good, you know, it's it's really easy to talk about them when they're good. It's when they're bad, you're trying to like be nice all at the same time yeah. and, <laughs> and still give it two Luthers. Yeah. Oh man, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing that did happen this week. Uh, my buddy Tyler, who has uh, who listens and and follows us and sends me notes every now and then, he uh, he took a picture. I guess he was in a gas station somewhere and found a Sonic Cherry Limeade Hard Seltzer. I feel like I've seen that somewhere. It's I've never seen it, and uh, and he bought he bought one. He's like, I'm gonna let you know. He let me know later. It was a three Luther. He's like, didn't have enough cherry flavor. Uh, was kind of weak, and I was like, "Oh, that's sad day for Sonic because they had a real good opportunity to make well, something what's, awesome." What's interesting about that is Sonic Cherry Limeades. I feel like could use more cherry in general. Yes, like there, there's a hint there, of cherry, but mostly limeade. Mm-hmm. Their strawberry They're, ones are great, right? So I wonder if that's just like because they were using the exact formula that Sonic uses. It's possible. I don't know. Anyway. Well, there's uh, there's some beer reviews. The Cinnamon Bun Ale getting five Luthers from me. Uh, the Cream Ale getting four Luthers from Michael. And now we're going to take a quick break. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the Chronicles. So stick around and we'll be back. Welcome back to the Beers and Bible Podcast. Before we dive into our discussion today in First and Second Chronicles, we want to remind you um, of the first annual Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast Conference for the sake of the gospel. That's coming up November 3rd and 4th in Danville, Virginia. Um, As of today, you can still register and uh, get your spot uh, set aside for that. Um, they've got some amazing speakers and some awesome uh, worship guests lined up, and we are excited to be a part of that. Um, cost is $50, and that covers your cost for uh, attending the conference and all the things that that entails. Um, you just have to figure out how to uh, where you're going to stay and what you're going to eat and do all those things. So sure. but we, would love to, we would love to see you there. Um, Anthony and I plan on being there being a part of that, um, meeting other members of the RFP network and meeting some of our listeners as well. So if you can make it November 3rd and 4th, um, we'd love to see you. And now that we've done that, let's dive into our discussion in the Chronicles. Let's do it. Chronicles is fun. It's something. (laughs) Um, So uh, like we've been doing for the last several weeks, um, we're going to give you some uh, just orienting data for the books of Chronicles, then we're going to give you advice for reading them and then give you the quick overview that we've been doing. So, um, so, so starting off, we, when you're reading the books of Chronicles, um, you need to know that they follow this historical period from after the exile or after the exile, and it gives a positive history 
of Judah's kings. Um, it covers basically from the time of David to uh, Cyrus, which is about 1000 to 530 or so BC. Yeah. Um, and uh, Anthony sent me a really cool link and we'll uh, make sure to share it um, in the show notes or whatever. Um, but it's got a list of the chron- chronology of all the Old Testament books and how they all kind of mingle in. And we've talked a lot throughout our study so far that um, just because a book is in just because the books are in a certain order in the Bible doesn't mean they happened in that order. Mm-hmm. So it's it gives us this this uh this link this website really gives us a good um understanding of what all is going on biblically and how it all kind of fits together like for example um we see that uh judges 11 through 21 first and second samuel and first chronicles 10 through 22 all are happening at the same time yeah but those books are like not in a specific, they're not in that chronolo- chronological order. Yeah. In scripture. Yeah. Um, or if you move down, you've got parts of first Kings, parts of the Chronicles, and then Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, and Job mm-hmm. are all writ- are all happening at the same time. Job's kind of questionable because of they that may be like when it was written, but yeah. Yeah, there there's debate on if Job actually is is like one of the very first characters uh-huh. um in the Bible just because of just because of who he was, you know, the history yeah. and and what we don't know about him uh kind of is more than what we do know about him. All we mm-hmm. really know about Job is he had three friends and and he lost his family. Um and then God gave him back, but you know, we know that he was a God-fearing man and and things like that. So there's there's debate on if Job's life actually happened during Genesis, like when Moses and and yeah. and all of that. Um, you know, I find it kind of compelling. I don't I don't think it has to be like you have to believe it a certain way. It's not it's not important that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the story. I think Job was a historical person, um, yeah. but I think the whole point is is to demonstrate the sovereignty of God in our uh, daily lives. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's kind of the, what the narrative is, is doing. It's revealing about God is, is his sovereignty in our daily lives and how, what can seem like sometimes happenstance, either, either conversations or events, um, in the end really point to, uh, once we see the full picture, it points to a God who is, who has been behind the scenes working and willing for his good purposes, uh, the whole time. So, yeah. Interesting note on Job there. We're, we're going to get to him in a, in a few weeks for sure. So, right. Um, but I mean, we keep looking at this timeline. Like we have parts of Kings and Chronicles happening at the same time as Joel and yeah. Obadiah, um, and then different parts of Kings and Chronicles happening at the same time as Amos, Hosea, Isaiah, Jonah, Micah. I mean, yeah. You, we really see that there's a. Just, I guess for me. I've looked at books of the Bible as like individual stories mm-hmm. that are isolated to that's what's happening and there's nothing else going on. Right. But now this timeline really gives me, it helps give me a good understanding of like, yes, first Chronicles or second Chronicles is happening here, but also the prophets are happening here mm-hmm. or other part, other histories are happening at the same, like it's all happening at the same time and it's all woven together. Um, yeah. And that really speaks a lot to 
what you've mentioned several times is that just because something is just because something is in a specific order doesn't mean it happens in that order. Yeah. Yeah. Like chronologically. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's also important to, to understand that, that when you read the prophets, the prophets weren't just, um, you know, it wasn't just like a day in the life of Israel, the prophet wakes up and, and God says, speak this to the war, the people today. I mean, that is what happened, but there is a certain context in which mm-hmm. that word was given. Yeah. And, and the, books of the prophets don't necessarily paint that context for you. And so that's where it's important to to dive in deep into scripture and understand that, you know, Isaiah was speaking to to Israel at a specific time in history and Jeremiah was speaking to Israel at a specific time in history and certain mm-hmm. things were happening and and you know the whole the whole point of the prophet is to speak the words of God to the people. Um, they, there was almost this like combination role of priest and prophet, um, and where, but the priest was more, more or less responsible for the sacrifices and, you know, allowing the people to, to repent the way that they were supposed to be. And then the prophet was supposed to drive them to repentance by mm-hmm. speaking the words of God. And so that's where you talk about the threefold role or the threefold offices of Jesus. He was prophet, priest, and king. And so he fulfilled all of those roles, whereas when you start reading the Old Testament, you have individuals who are called out to be that specific role and that specific purpose. They're never the full picture of the whole thing, uh, and we don't see that full picture until Jesus comes. You know, he's not right. prophet, priest. There's no prophet, priest, and king. And because he fulfills all three of those roles, his substitutionary atonement serves a different purpose than when uh, Old Testament people would take animals to sacrifice or grains or first fruits or, or things like that. And so, you know, what you see in, in little pieces all the way through the Old Testament comes to a full revelation in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And that's what all of these little stories, David, Saul, Solomon, uh, you know, the divided kingdom, the the united kingdom, all of those things serve a little purpose to point you towards the person and work of Jesus. Because at the end of like Ezra and Nehemiah, um, and then you get to like Malachi, all of those kind of happen at the same time because Ezra and Nehemiah are really kind of a reformer at the end of the divided kingdom. Um, you get that rolling into the 400 years of silence from God where nothing happened. There's no prophet there's no word from God. It's just 400 years of silence. And then Jesus enters the scene. And mm-hmm. so, you know, and, and he's prepared the way by John the Baptist, who is before him. So, you know, uh, we're going to we're definitely going to include a link to this because it's interesting to see how these all overlap. But, you know, it's it's really neat to to know that what we're going to discuss today, the Chronicles really takes place over what we discussed last week. It's all of these things are happening simultaneously. Yeah, um, we talked a little bit about David and Solomon last week. We're going to really dive into David and Solomon, and then the people who followed him. You know, this followed them uh, this week with the Chronicles, and so Chronicles covers a really large period of time. Um, I mean, realistically, it covers almost. I think it's almost like two thirds of the Old Testament period. Yeah. Um, you know, you talk about going from like a thousand. Well. You know, Genesis, they're saying, is happening in the 1400-ish range, 1500-ish range B.C. 
So you have from a thousand to like five thirty nine. Um, so you have almost six hundred years out of a sixteen hundred year range. So I mean, it, right. you're, you're at least forty percent just in these two books. And so you see, number one, how long the kings lasted, but then you also see the effects of the kings because it was the kings who led to a divided monarchy, which, you know, which God, number one, he didn't want to have a king to begin with, but they demanded a king. So he's like, sure, have a king. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be your your fault anyway, or it's going to be your problem to deal with anyway. That leads to division, that leads to civil war, that leads to them going into exile. I mean, it leads to all of these things. Um that God allowed because mm-hmm. it was because it was his sovereign choice to do so. Yeah. And and then through that, that that continues to paint the picture that's going to lead to the person and work of Jesus. Um, and so, you know, even though it's where's my there we go. Come on, slide over. Um, even though we're covering such a large period of time, there there is an emphasis. Yeah. in the book of chronicles and and that emphasis is going to be the temple worship. Yeah. So what else did we focus on in the book of chronicles? Uh so I mean we just talked about you just mentioned temple worship we're going to focus mm-hmm. on the central role of that. Um yeah. Solomon finishes the temple um here in the chronicles um mm-hmm. and the motive, the motif of worship is being a matter of the heart and, yeah. and not being a matter of uh, performance or a duty or anything, but more focusing on the inward, um, what's happening in the heart. Um, and, and then we see the continued narrative of blessing for obedience and retribution for disobedience. And yeah, that's that whole Deuteron Deuter, I'm never gonna say it right. <laughs> Deuteronomic cycle. There you go. Um I just have to slow it down. Um, but it's that it's that whole cycle over and over, yeah, and over again. And it, it it's still continuing through the Old Testament. We talked about it several weeks ago when we were in Deuteronomy, and we're still talking about it now. So, yeah. um, but there we go. There you go. So there's there's kind of some data to get you oriented to where we are in First Chronicles and Second Chronicles because it's it's going to be a lot. Um, and when you read these books, there is some advice. There there is some certain things that we need to keep in mind. Um, the one thing we need to remember is this was written at the end of of this what we would call the Deuteronomic well not really the end the the finishing times of the Deuteronomic cycle we're we're really uh, Chronicles is written in maybe the end of the sixth century close to the end of the sixth century so you're talking like five thirty um, BC and it's at the end of the time frame so the chronicler is looking back on. 600 mm-hmm. years of history and recording it all down. And he's saying, this is what has happened over the last 600 years. Um, and, and a lot of this would have been passed down through oral tradition. Remember oral tradition in this, in this context is way different from what we understand oral tradition. Um, they would have gotten it. They would have guaranteed that they got it right. And, you know, every, the next generation understood exactly what happened to the previous generation and the generation before that so that they could pass it down to their children because it was so important for this um, culture and for this time period to, to understand where your ancestors had come from. And so mm-hmm. um, during this time frame, it's important that we realize um, that even though the Israelites are not necessarily actively oppressed, um, 
yes, they do suffer times of oppression during this. They have the Babylonian oppression. They have the Assyrian uh, uh, oppression. They have these different times of oppression during this, but they're not, it's not like it was in Egypt per se, you know, where they were slaves and forced to do Mm -hmm. manual labor, you know, they were, they were oppressed for the way that they worship. They were oppressed for them being different from everybody else. Um, I'm, I'm just going to stick a little thorn in your side and say, maybe the church should get back to some of that. Um, maybe we should not be afraid to be oppressed by being a little bit different than the culture Mm -hmm. around us. Um, but, but either way, this oppression led to them sliding into a synchristic type of of religion that we talked about a little bit last week where they began to lose their national identity they be, they began to lose the things that differentiated them from the world around them um and so so because of that you end up with characters like Ezra and Nehemiah having to come in and them doing reforms and trying to restore this idea of national identity um, back to the nation of Israel. Okay. Right. And because of that, the chronicler specifically emphasizes certain things, you know, he emphasizes the Davidic dynasty because that was, you know, that's what they wanted to draw back to. It's, it's, it's not necessarily don't think, you know, we want to go back to this old way of doing things, but it's remember where you came from, you know, remember, where God started this and and the way God started this and what was important back then. Again, it's it's the true nature of worship is is kind of the point that he's trying to get at here. And then he specifically relates the chronicler relates uh the northern kingdom and how it relates to Judah. It, you know, it was interesting when we talked about kings, the the focus was on um the southern kingdom, which is which is Judah and the the um I'm sorry the Northern kingdom, which talks about all the evils that their Kings did. And then the chronicler in Chronicles focuses mostly on the Southern kingdom, but he does bring in the Northern kingdom as it relates to how, how Judah is, is side Mm -hmm. by side with them. So, um, and then you'll have this uh, repeated emphasis here of devoting your heart and soul to seeking after Yahweh, your God. And again, it's, it's this idea of the heart of your worship. What is the, What's the heart and soul? Why are you doing what you're doing? Relate yeah. this when we get to the book of Galatians in the New Testament, when when Paul says, you know, it's not about doing legalistic things, but it's about your heart and we're in in what you're giving your heart to, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there's some emphasis. Give us a couple yeah. more uh, little advice there for reading Chronicles. Yeah, so you talked about the North and the South. Um, this comparison of the North and the South is not a success or failure comparison, mm-hmm. um, but instead it's a focus on the North's failure to worship in the place of God's choosing. Yeah. Um, so it's not necessarily focusing on all of the right or wrong of either side. It's just saying, hey, the yeah. North is not worshiping where God chose for them to worship. Yeah. Um, and then also too, you know, we talked a lot. We talked a lot already about how David and Solomon are are central figures in these two books. Yeah. Um, and you know, we can read that and see that it almost looks like a whitewashing of their of their characters. Of, Part of, of it is, yeah. Of of them. Um, but it's but remember, it's more of a um. The the chronicler is 
hoping to inspire hope for a new day. Yeah. And, and you unfortunately can't inspire hope for a new day by focusing on all the bad. And there was plenty of bad in both mm-hmm. of them. Um, but the chronicler, instead of focusing on that, is going to focus on their positive accomplishments and record those in order to provide hope for the people reading these books later, right. you know, in the future. Yeah. And this, you know, on that point right there, it's it's also important to to know that the chronicler is writing in a certain context to a certain people. He knows what they know and he's mm-hmm. aware of what they know. And so him not mentioning the bad things is not it's not like an omission in this in this case. It is a it's a it's a very strategic focus and and he knows that they already know the bad stuff. Everybody knows right. the bad stuff of mm-hmm. all of them. Yeah. And so it's not you're not dwelling on the bad in this situation. You know about it and if somebody asks you about it you'll talk about it, but you're you're choosing to focus on the things that we can learn that we can grow from to say how can this make us a better people? And that's what yeah. the chronicler is doing. Yeah. Um and the chronicler he is is a constant positive force for the goodness of God. He makes a point yeah. that um, all nations are under God's control, and that God's goodness to Israel will be the source of making God's glory known to to the nations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that that point that all nations are under God's control. Um, I know we, you know, the chronicler wrote these books to a specific people at a specific time, but we can remember that in 2022 as well. Yeah, like all nations everywhere still under God's control. Yep. So. I don't know. Make it that what you will. There you go. Well, that's some advice. That's hopefully sets you up for reading the books. If you haven't read the books already, we encourage you to go through and read them. Um, But really quickly, we want to walk through. uh, There's really about kind of five major divisions of first and second Chronicles. And um, I know they're long, but I would encourage you to read as much uh, as you can in a day. Of first and second chronicles, you know, maybe try to split up over just a few days. Um, because even though there is a lot of boring reading in uh what we would call boring reading in first and second chronicles, it really sets up a large understanding. It's it's a really good overview book of of the history of Israel. And so mm-hmm. you can get it's it's if you don't want details, if you're not a detail person, Chronicles is the book for you because I mean, even though it seems boring, he's literally giving you like, we're going to do a 30,000 foot flyover of a 30,000 foot view, you know, of right. of, of a history here. So um, we're not going to dive into the details, but but the chronicler could have gone into a lot more detail than he did. And our Bible would be like twice as thick as it is already. Um, But let's let's just dive through these these sections here. I'll open this up here with the first section we have is the genealogies. This is first Chronicles chapters one through nine. Um, and, and what he does is he goes back through the genealogies and he really traces it all the way back to Adam. And this is to remind us again, that God has divinely inspired their path. He has ordained the path of Israel from the very beginning, from the creation of the world. And the focus of these genealogies is to narrow down three specific tribes. And then, and these relate to the Southern kingdom. Uh, the, at least the chronicler is going to narrow it down to these three specific tribes because his focus is the Southern kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already mentioned it. And then he relates the Northern kingdom as it relates to the Southern kingdom. So 
So that gets us through the genealogies. There's a whole bunch of names in there that you can read through and not pronounce correctly. It's a whole lot of fun. Um, so yeah. take us through the next section. Yeah. So First uh, Chronicles 10 through 21 is the United Monarchy of David. Um, David gets set up here as a unifying king with a theme mm-hmm. of all of Israel. Um, and these chapters will really parallel to a lot of the Psalms. Uh, David wrote a good number of the yep. Psalms. And so that's why a lot of what's happening here will parallel over to that book as well. Um, and then we see the Davidic co- covenant in chapter 17. And this closes, and it, um, this section closes with the narrative of David's wars and why Solomon will be the one that finishes the temple, that David's not going to be the one to get the temple done. But we'll see why Solomon is yep. the one that's going to finish it. So Solomon is the one who finishes, which is what we get uh, in the next section, uh, Mm -hmm. which takes us from 1 Chronicles 22 through 29. And this is kind of an overlapping um, history of David and Solomon. And and you hear you learn that uh, it's it's David's wars that were described in the previous section Um, that because he was a king of war, he could not build the temple. Um, and so Solomon was a king uh, during peacetime. And, and so Solomon is the one who is appointed to, to finish that temple. Um, and you, you get the trans, the transition from David to Solomon in the, in the attempt here is to point out that Israel is still united. Yes. But you're, you're seeing this happen more and more. It's almost like the chroniclers is trying to force it to be in this section. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're soon after Solomon, you're soon going to have the divided monarchy. Um, and so, and it's, and a lot of it is because of Solomon's actions, even though he finished the temple, even though he did all of these great things, um, the building of the temple, the physical temple is not the finishing is not the finishing of the story. It's, you know, yeah. there were a lot of Jews who thought it was, but it was not. And so, so you end up, seeing that spiral begin here in 22 through 29. And then as it, the story focuses more on Solomon, um, that that spiraling continues to go on. So take us through the beginning of second Chronicles. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we had, uh, David Solomon just now. So second Chronicles one through nine is the United monarchy of Solomon. Um, there was some ambiguity around Solomon in second Kings, but changes as he, serves as an example for devotion to Yahweh in this narrative here in Chronicles. Um, Second Chronicles 7, we have the temple dedication um, as the central focus. Um, and then the the Ark of the Covenant being, it being in the completed temple represents the goodness of God to his people. Um, and then we also get, um, I just saw your note here. Everybody's um, favorite Bible verse. Everyone's favorite Bible verse to take out of context or uh, one of them. So Second Chronicles seven fourteen, which says, "My people who are called by my name, uh, and my people who are called by my name, humble themselves, pray, and seek my face, and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land." Um, spoiler alert: That's not about America. What? So um, every July Fourth uh, sermon just got had to be rewritten because that's not about America. But um, you know, there you go. That's, taking verses out of context. Yeah, don't do that. Please. So, um, so yeah, we that was uh, Second Chronicles one through nine, and uh, Anthony wrap us up here. 
Yeah. So the end of Chronicles, um, we're going to get a whole bunch of kings. We're going to get the succession of kings following Solomon. Um, Each one, we're not going to dive through each one because each one, it just talks about how they relate to God and and, and what their posture is toward worship. Mm -hmm. Um, And so read that, read it through, understand who the kings are, what they did that was right, what they did that was wrong, um, because the Chronicler takes that time in, in those 26 chapters to do that. But the overarching theme that you will see through all of that is is the God's blessing or judgment, again, going back to Deuteronomy, was based on the king either seeking and humbling himself at, at the feet of God, Yahweh, mm-hmm. or abandoning and forsaking what Yahweh had taught them to do. So it's this, yeah. uh, you get blessings for following God's commandments, you get curses for not following God's commandments. And... um as the kings continue on, you'll see the cycle continue to spiral down and out of control, and it eventually leads to um, what's coming next, which is Ezra and Nehemiah. Um, they are the reformers that kind of close out this this time period, leading to um, the the four hundred year silence uh, of God. Um, and then we're gonna, as we go through these, so so what we're I guess what we're doing here is. We're going to go all the way through to 400. Then we're going to go back and talk about Psalms, Proverbs, and do the prophets, which is going to take place during all of this time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're going to kind of tell the story twice from two different perspectives. We've done a historical spe- perspective, and then we're going to go back, do the prophets, and do the prophetic perspective. So um, it's, it is a really fascinating book, Chronicles is, because... There's just a ton of just raw history. I mean, this is just facts on the ground is, is really what Chronicles is. And so take the time to read it, um, absorb it, understand it, because it will help you see the nation of Israel as a as a whole and over a long period of time and what they did that pleased God and what they did that didn't please God, because they did a lot of both. Um, yeah. But the the uh the one thing to kind of just wrap all this up and take it home is that chronicles is a reminder that god's people are made to worship the chronicler focuses on worship in his in his telling of history and the old testament points us forward to the new testament uh where jesus is our example and he is the one who is cleansed for us um he sacrifices he's the sacrifice on the altar He's also the prophet who's declaring the words of God, and he's also the king who sits on the throne. Mm-hmm. Um, and and all of that is going to be, you can see that in John chapter 2, um, that our cleansing comes through him. And so uh, the end of John chapter 2 tells us that. And I want to encourage you to read this history, learn from this history, and understand how we can do better. Um, you know, Michael made the point, and I wholeheartedly agree that Second Chronicles seven fourteen is not about America because it's not. Second Chronicles seven fourteen is about God's people. Mm-hmm. That is the church. That is worldwide. And so, if God's people who are called by His name will humble themselves and pray, then He will heal their land. And you know what? There is a day that's coming where He's going to heal the land. And so, what we need to do is be ready for that day, as Christians, as believers in Christ. That's what we need to be ready for. And and that is the point of Second Chronicles 7.14. So take that, read Chronicles, let us know what you think. And uh, and then we're going to come back next week and we're going to talk about, I think we're going to do Ezra and Nehemiah next week. 
Um, so there you go. There's some chronicles. And uh, Michael, will you pray for us? I would love to. Let's do it. Uh, so, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity to come together and discuss uh, the books of First and Second Chronicles. And thank you, God, for putting these uh, these two books into your word. Um, thank you for the story that they tell. Thank you for um, what we can learn and gleam and apply to our lives from them. And um, God, I just pray that you help us to uh, to to spend time in your word each day. Spend time uh, seeking you, seeking your faith, seeking um, your will for our lives, God, and help us to get our wills lined up with you. Uh, God, I pray that you uh, just continue to uh, to bless uh, all that you're doing in our lives and. Yeah through our podcast and on all the things, God, we just pray that uh, you are honored and glorified. We pray that you are um, pleased by the discussions that Anthony and I have each and every week. And God, I just pray that you uh, continue to uh, give us opportunities to, to get together, have these discussions and um, to speak truth. And God, I pray that that's what you've done here today. So uh, we love you. We thank you so much for your goodness to us and we pray that you are um, honored and glorified in everything that we say and do here on this podcast we love you and we pray all these things in jesus name amen amen if anthony our listeners wanted to find us on the social medias and such where would they do that so if you're crazy and want to look us up on social media then uh, by all means do that on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore on Twitter at beers and Bible P one on Facebook at by searching uh, beers and Bible podcast. You can search beers and Bible podcast metaverse. I don't know if we're going to join the metaverse. We may have already joined the metaverse and not known about it. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Um, and then you can always do it the old fashioned way and email us at beers and Bible podcast at gmail.com. Did you ever think email would be quote the old fashioned way? Not really. Okay. Well, there's how you can reach us. Um, so until next week, we hope that your beer stays cold and your Bible stays open and we will see you later. Peace out.